Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast, where I, Caitlin Fritz, help you reach your entrepreneurial potential. Together, we can build your dream social impact business so that you can leave a legacy beyond your nine to five. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Everyday Entrepreneurship. You are in for a real treat today as I have an interview from someone who is building an incredible consumer brand impacting not only people's health, but also the health of our planet. Today, I have a colleague, Anna Wood, sharing her impact of growing Jux Food. Jux Food is is a new and innovative food brand that's on a mission to start a nutrition revolution. She makes it easy for busy people to access a nutritious and plant-based diet with 100% natural dried ingredients. She is changing the way you will forever look at your spice drawer. But more importantly, Anna's giving us an inside take on what it's like to start with an idea for a business and growing it to scale. I'm really excited for you to see the way she developed her path, bringing different parts of her background, professional and academic experience to really fulfill her potential. So let's take a jump in and learn some key takeaways from Anna's own journey. So today I have Anna Mason here talking about Jux Foods. So Anna, what sparked your decision to start Jux Foods? So I have always wanted to start my own business, uh, but never had the confidence in what I thought was the skill set. So I went to go and do an MBA at the Cambridge, which is where I was lucky enough to meet you. Um, And really during the MBA, got to understand myself better as well as um, gather the confidence to know what my focus was. Um, So having grown up on a farm, I really care deeply about the relationship between humans and the food ecosystem. I'm aware of a lot of the problems, uh, but also through personal experiences, I have saw um, or seen the impact of food on health and how foods can be medicine. Um, so a mix of all of these things led me to open the kitchen cupboard one day, look at my herbs and spices rack and think, how has this not changed in over 10 years? Um, and long story short, that's led me to where I am today with, uh, Jux Food. So then how did it feel to go from, you originally started in the music industry to an MBA, which are both, you know, more traditional paths to paving your way to an entrepreneur? Uh, Great question. So the music industry, I loved working in the music industry. It was great, Um, but I really felt like it was the time to move on. So in terms of the skills it it gave me, um, I was working internationally. So I was driving global teams to drive global revenue. Um, So that experience was great. Uh, It was also really important in learning the Um, importance of brand building and understanding your customer through that or your fan base in the context of the music industry. But like a lot of people in COVID, I did a lot of soul searching during lockdown and uh, had a conversation with a friend who was doing an MBA at LBS. And it just made uh, perfect sense as the next uh, pathway for me. So I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to study at Cambridge, um, which I believe you did too. And 
during the MBA, it was eye-opening for a number of reasons. I think not only the confidence that I mentioned, but also meeting other entrepreneurs like yourself and realizing, you know, there's no perfect time. You've got to do this now if you want to do it. Um, and the MBA was great because it allowed you kind of some time outside the context of a workplace where you're under certain deadlines to be able to use the resource of your fellow students there and the resources to really delve into it. Um, so I started doing some research alongside my studies. And then as of September, um, have been working on Jux full time um, a day after I got married and actually became Anna Wood. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Sorry, Anna Wood. I no, love no, that's it. That's okay. I haven't. I didn't correct you, so that was my fault. No, that, that I love that. Um, so you had this space and time to really think. I feel like being surrounded by a hundred something individuals who are innovating, coming up with new problems. Something had to na naturally spark up. But how did you go from? looking in your spice cupboard, being like, nothing has changed, I would say in like 100 years, nonetheless, 10 years, to getting your hands dirty with your first prototype. What was that step looking like? So as you probably would expect, it was less of a step and more of a thousand uh, steps in the wrong direction, um, or one step in every 10 being in the right direction. So really, it was a process of um, I, I don't like to say making mistakes, but more making lessons. So <clears throat> I started um, actually when I first had the idea, I then tried to go straight into fundraising and quickly realized it's not um, B2B software or an AI product. Right. It's, <laughs> it's a consumer brand. So you need sales. Otherwise, no one's going to give you their money, which is totally fair enough. So I then pivoted and decided to go <clears throat> completely the um, opposite direction, which was a DIY route. Um, and really, that's been incredibly fruitful for a number of reasons. Um, but it has led me, I think, through probably six steps um, <clears throat> to really test the product and understand the customer and get to the point where we are today. So um, last November, I was in my kitchen. I did a food safety standard course. Um, and so I would put on my hairnet and my white apron etc and literally making the products at home um, and I then went to local food markets and um, it was a fantastic exercise and definitely anyone in the consumer goods sector um, I would advise you do that before you do anything else. So I know this has to be intimidating for some people out there going out I, I started in markets as well I mean you got to start somewhere how was it getting through your first market, putting yourself out there, you know, what kind of steps did you have to take to get your mindset right, to really just put yourself out there, put your product out there for the world? It's a great question. I um, I think I'm so busy. I often don't, um, I don't know how to say this without it coming across the wrong way, but I often don't think about it too much. I just do it. So I would say, um, don't spend too much time thinking or overthinking just learn by doing um so for myself it was it was quite intimidating the first food market i turned up to i think within about five seconds i thought oh my god what am i doing here i was in i was next to the rspb which is a a bird protection agency and a stand selling moss which is great but i thought i've just wasted my time because i'm not gonna hit the customers i thought i was going to hit Luckily, it was um, a huge success and we were the busiest stand there that weekend. 
Um, but really I went about the process, not trying to sell, but just trying to talk to people and un understand how they are and who they cook. And um, I remember that moment of sheer joy where I made my very first sale to a lovely lady called Karen, who I think was extremely overwhelmed because I hugged her and I wanted a picture with her, um, but I think it really made her day. So um, Karen, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> I love that. I, I remember, you know, that first time you see those numbers going across the stripe or whatever square screen you're using, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. this has happened. And it's not your family or your friends. <laughs> exactly. And then you realize uh, that every five minutes for the next eight hours, you'll be doing it over and over again. <laughs> and then it's just the surrealness of getting that sort of validation. Because I feel like sometimes people want that instant validation, which sometimes works sometimes doesn't, but you had this market success. So what made you kind of transition from selling local, selling to markets to basically the big league of Kickstarter, international mm -hmm. giant crowdfunding site that it is? What were the, what was the thought process behind that? Um, well, I guess two things really. Number one was um, I had a very limited or have a very limited amount of resource. So it was purely a case of using that resource wisely to get to the next stage. Um, and what I'm aiming for, you know, eventually is, you know, consumer co confidence and investor conference. And, um, you know, as an MBA student, we think a lot about fundraising and an investor will want to see a really solid product iteration and series of tests to uh, prove the concept. So, Kickstarter is a part of that process, but also I'm building a brand here and there's a story to tell. And something I really found from the markets is um, people aren't just interested in the product at all. They really care about what we're trying to do and who are the people and who are the team behind the brand. So Kickstarter felt like a great home for that because I could tell my story. I could be really authentic and honest about the story of the business and where we are and what we're trying to do. And as a result, it's been fantastic because I've reached new people, not just in the UK, um, but it's been great for me to understand how I can also reach people in the online space because at a food market and online are two very different realms. Very, very different. And I saw you made your first hire, was it two weeks ago, head of sales. So how does it feel from going from one to now a team? Yeah, it's, it is so great. I am... Um, so a lot of people said to me when you start this process about the benefits of a co-founder and things. And I, uh, I I did look for a co-founder for a good amount of time and had some really interesting conversations with some people very senior, um, other food tech businesses. Um, but it is like a marriage. And, you know, we all, a lot of people I, I spoke to didn't feel like the right um, partner in crime. I've now got the business to a place where we're kind of moving away from that founded stage and into the more startup realm. Um, so to de-risk the business, I have front-loaded team hire. So George started three weeks ago. He comes with a wealth of FMCG experience, which is great because that's a gap in my knowledge. We've also got Paul Stenner, MBE, who comes with 30 to 40 years plus experience in the industry. He's an experienced executive. He's led businesses or five acquisitions before. Um, so really he's that added layer of expertise. And we're also in talks with a new marketing person who will hopefully start imminently. 
and we're about to launch our head of ops um, hire. So we're growing really quickly, um, but definitely having another pair of hands takes it to the next level. Now, for someone listening, obviously, you have connections through your work experience, through the MBA. How did you get these people on board? You know, someone with 30 years of experience, where did you find these people? Because sometimes I get asked, you know, where can we find X, Y, and Z skills? So I'd love to hear your experience. Yeah, it, it is a great question and it is really tough. So I have been really lucky in that Paul and George, I, I, I met both of them sort of through serendipity, but if you actually strip that back, um, I find the most helpful conversations or the most helpful conversations have been with other founders, hands down. Um, and other founders are so willing to help out and talk to you. So I just reach out to people on LinkedIn and say, I love your business. Do you have 20 minutes? And through that, um, you know, people keep you in mind and then introductions happen. So I was talking to a friend who started a company called Ferragaya, which is a Scottish alcohol-free uh, liqueur brand um, who Paul was working with um, and he introduced me. Um, and likewise, George found me through LinkedIn um, because I post there quite a lot. It's a fantastic platform for organic reach and also has been really key to me starting this business in terms of researching other businesses and talking to uh, employees and things. So um, really, I'd say my main two takeaways for that would be other founder recommendations and LinkedIn. LinkedIn harassing people, not actually harassing people, but getting in touch and saying like, please can I have 10 minutes of your time or buy your coffee? Um, and you'd be surprised by how generous people are. Oh, yes. I, I love LinkedIn and obviously the Founder Network. There are just gold nuggets there. So I guess if you were talking to someone else who's interested in getting into the fast moving consumer good wellness space, what advice or as you call them learnings mm -hmm. uh, would you give them as they embark on this journey? Probably the same you would do for anyone starting a business. Um, Firstly, have patience. I'm a naturally very impatient, impatient person. Um, and I, um, you know, it's probably typical of MBAs, um, work at quite high speeds and quite high intensity. And there are things in business that you cannot rush. So I learned that really quickly. I put together my first business plan that I was actually looking back at the other day, and it was six months generating 500K and website, you know, all of this. and you learn quickly, you know, kind of spend time to save time and take your time. Um, the second lesson would probably be like we were just touching on the power of your network. So talk to talk to people and learn things from other people. So reach out to other founders, um, really be shameless in your reach outs and favors and things, because you'll save yourself a lot of time by talking to people that are more clued up on certain areas than you are. Um, and thirdly is, is, you know, build your team as early as you can. I think if I went and did this again, I'd probably try and get someone else on board earlier, um, just because you've got someone you can bounce ideas off. You've got someone who you can share the workload with. Um, and it's also more encouraging for other people coming on if there's an established team rather than just one of you. Um, so those would be my three main learnings. Having said that, I probably learn something every day. So <laughs> um, that answer may change. 
No, no, I, I completely understand. And I guess when you're looking at Jux, what kind of impact do you want your business to have? It's a great question. So our sole purpose for existing is to try and get or help everyone to eat their five a day. So the WHO recommends at least five portions of fruit and vegetable for a healthy diet. But it is really difficult for people to do that. And biggest um, poor diet is the, early, uh, the biggest contributor to early deaths worldwide. Uh, and you can see that, you know, not just in deaths, but in terms of um, in the UK, the um, pressure on the NHS from diet-related illnesses, and there's just a kind of plethora of issues. Um, and it is difficult for people to eat their five a day. It's not that people have the option and they can't. Ultra-processed foods are cheaper than fresh fruit and vegetables, more or less. There's more um, fast food um, shops per square mile than there are fresh fruit and vegetable stores. So there's a number of barriers um, which we want to break down. I love that. I love that. As someone who is very passionate about fruit and veg, but, you know, it's still incredibly hard to get them. And and we're living in an area, I mean, the UK is so much smaller, but in the US, food deserts, all of these things mm. do exist. So what is the plan for Jux Foods? What, what does the next year, two years look like? Great question. So we've got a busy couple of years coming up. As I um, mentioned earlier, we're about to launch our seed rounds. Um, we have a, a website pre-order going live next week. Amazing. Uh, with our, our official website launch coming towards the end of the summer. Um, but really, you know, the total ambition or the end goal is world domination. Um, but Love leading it. up to that in the short term, we will be launching our retail campaign soon. So George is working on our retailer relationship. So you'll see us hopefully in stores and farm shops across the UK. Um, but also we want to iterate really quickly. So we have our starting list of herbs, spices and vegetables, um, but we want to be launching more products as soon as we can. Um, we're also working on some really exciting packaging innovations and in background because we don't want to just transform how people cook. We also want to transform everything around that. So how they store food in their kitchen, how they can access food in their kitchen and really just making it much, much easier for people to eat a healthy, sustainable and delicious diet. I love that. I love that. Is there anything else you want to add, you want to share? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I love chatting to people about anything to do with the business or anything to do with the food ecosystem. So I definitely encourage anyone listening to reach out who just want to have a chat or a coffee. Um, Shall I say my email? Um, Anna at juxfood.com. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, please get in touch. I'd love to chat to you. Um, otherwise, follow us online. Um, we've got some really ambitious plans. Um, so stay tuned and um, yeah, get in touch if you've got any more questions. What I love about Anna's interview is that she shows us the honest side of building a social impact business. Her path was not the direct linear one. She tied together her experience from growing up on a farm to working with music labels all the way to her MBA and building her idea. I love her honesty and the way that she shares her own pathfinding experience. 
Now, what I want you to walk away with are some of the takeaways that Anna shared with us today. The first is that learning is a journey. She mentioned that there's 1,000 steps in all various directions that led her to where she is today. These aren't making mistakes. These are making lessons. And especially in the early days, you will be making various lessons as you grow and adapt your business. The second thing is if you're waiting for the perfect time to start a business, it means you'll be waiting forever. They mentioned this with weddings and kids. There's no perfect time. Starting a business is about taking those first steps and understanding that once again, this is going to be a step-by-step process. And lastly, Anna has the epitome of an entrepreneurial mindset. I know she mentioned she didn't think, she just did. But it really is about putting those problem-solving skills into action, going out, building those spices from your own kitchen, doing a little bit of DIY, testing, testing, and testing, breaking through those barriers of uncomfortability, standing there at a market stall. These are all incremental steps for that mindset growth. Steps that all of us should be implementing in our own business journey. So I hope what you can take away from Anna's story is all of her lessons learned, her ability to be agile and grow her business, and her entrepreneurial mindset that led her to Jux Foods' success today. And if you're interested in learning more about Anna and getting your hands on some of the incredible Jux food, her links are in the bio and I highly recommend you join this next pre-order launch of hers. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Everyday Entrepreneurship. To stay tuned and most up to date, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me, Caitlin Fritz on Instagram. And if you have any questions about building your business with impact, drop me an email with the link in the show notes. This podcast is produced by the great people at the Podcast Boutique. I look forward to catching up with you next week. See you then.